Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Grayson Brolty. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Will Hudson, Vice President of Product, QuantumScape. On today's episode, Will and I discuss the benefits of solid-state batteries, from shorter charging time to longer range. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Will. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you here today because the electrification of mobility is the future. And without batteries, we're never going to achieve an all-electric future. So thank you for taking the time today. To, to kick things off, how do you see the electric vehicle industry evolving in terms of sales projections? We read this report, that report, but the common denominators, they, they all seem underreported to where the consumer demand is moving towards electrification. Yeah, look, I think we're at the beginning of a long period of growth, frankly. So that may, means it's a really exciting time to be in the industry, obviously. That being said, I don't necessarily expect the growth to be equal. So thinking globally, you know, I may expect that China and Europe will continue to lead. I think we've seen that adoption is already taking off in those you know, locations and there are strong incentives in place. Uh, here in the U.S., it may take a little bit longer. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. You know, part of it's geography, just the distance between places is longer. Some of it may be cultural. I think American consumers are not used to compromising is the other big thing. We're seeing some people sort of sitting on the sidelines. And, you know, hopefully this is where QuantumScape comes in, because what we're trying to do is develop a no compromise approach where we can simultaneously address the range and charge time limitations that are holding back today's batteries. So if we're successful, you know, I really hope that we'll see uh, an increasing rate of adoption here in the U.S. Um, as well. Charge time is a big issue. Year, years ago, I have a young daughter and, and one of the electric vehicle companies lent me a vehicle for a week and we drove it. And we we're thinking about it. I said, I can't do this. I can't sit for an hour with a two-year-old to charge a, a vehicle. It's not going to happen. And so that's that's an example that a lot of Americans or individuals around the world face. If you have a young child and you have to get to and from school, if you're going on a long-distance trip, how can QuantumScape reduce that charging time? So me, for example, or that other family says, hey, wait a second. It's like going to a gas station, but it's the new version of a gas station. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, for me, this may be the single biggest limitation to adoption of EVs right now. Um, I think a typical fast charging rate, and, and we're not talking charging at home, right? We're talking about pulling up to a supercharger is still north of 30 minutes, 30, 35, 40, even 60 minutes to, to, to top off your battery. And I think that that problem really has to be solved. So QuantumScape has taken a look at that fundamentally and we've basically developed a, a, a brand new architecture that fundamentally addresses the limitation to charging. And so without going into all the details, uh, basically during charge, you have to move ions from one electrode to the other, from the cathode to the anode in this case. And we've made that easier to do. So in our case, the, anode, the, the ions actually sort of just plate right at the interface of our separator sort of a single uh, planar interface there. And that really facilitates the rate that we can do it. And so what we're seeing is that we can charge our batteries from 10 to 80% in about 15 minutes, uh, as compared to say that 30, 35, or even an hour that you, that you may see with a conventional technology. We're actually working on a power optimized cell that can actually charge in less than 10 minutes. So I think this can be a real advantage to sort of solving that problem that you spoke about. 
it's game changing. You mentioned 15 minutes to 80% to put that for a listener. How would you determine that in terms of range? Is that a hundred miles, 200 miles, any, can you, uh, Basically, let's use the word translate that to range, please. First of all, how much range does the vehicle itself have? And what QuantumScape is trying to do is simultaneously increase energy density, which directly can contribute to more range, while also improving fast charge time. So if we're successful, we can increase the energy density by around 30%, let's say 30 to 40%. So let's say today's long-range EVs are about 300 miles, we might be able to get that up to about 400 miles. And then if we're charging from 10 to 80% um, in 15 minutes, that means we're adding a- around a full 300 miles in that 15 minutes of time. So that's a lot of range in a short period of time. It makes the drive from San Francisco to LA possible in, a, in an electric vehicle. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think with an increase in in the range of the vehicle, you may make that whole distance without stopping. But let's say you didn't leave your house with a full charge. That's still not a problem. You can pull over, spend five minutes, maybe a, a similar amount of time as you would at the gas pump, top off your car, get back in and, and make it the rest of the way. That's what consumers want. And consumers want and the consumers are are going to drive that demand. So you look at the demand, you're going to allow that individual potentially to go from San Francisco to LA on one charge, worst case, they can stop, get a coffee and continue to go, which raises the question going down the supply chain is the materials and specialty chemicals such as lithium, cobalt, nickel, that go into the chemistry. There are resources that are hard to find. We have political uncertainty in some of the markets where they're mined. We have restrained output. How is QuantumScape sourcing those resources so you can develop this battery technology that will have a positive impact on society and the environment? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And, and, and frankly, this is something that we think a lot about. Um, you know, I'm not the supply chain expert at the company, but I can tell you that we've got pretty advanced discussions underway uh, with multiple suppliers for all of the key ingredients that go into our battery. You know, this is something that we realize we have to prepare for now. It takes a long time to kind of secure these, uh, you know, the agreements that we need to, to source the, these uh, materials. The other thing that I that I might add is that what we what we have at QuantumScape with this technology is really a platform. So we've got this anode free solid state separator, and we can combine that not just with one cathode material, really with any cathode material, which makes it you know pretty flexible. So if we want the highest energy density cell, we might pair it with a NMC type cathode so that the N is nickel that you mentioned, right? And the C is cobalt. So those are the components of of a really high energy uh, density cathode. But that's not our only option. We've actually released some data with LFP based cathodes. So that stands for lithium iron phosphate. And obviously that's an iron uh, dominant material, which is very earth abundant and inexpensive. And so our system also works with with something like that. So we can kind of use whatever the best materials are that are available at the time. And that's one way to kind of address these sort of, um, you know, supply challenges. I'll, I'll sum this way. In my opinion, it gives you a lot of flexibility. 
you're not locked into into one particular avenue. That's exactly right. And so I think that's going to be really key to the growth of this industry as as a whole. We're going to have to have multiple options, right? Because it's hard to predict, right, which metals are going to be the most expensive and, and sort of what's going to happen with the supply chain. So that flexibility is absolutely key. What's going to make the metals cheaper or more expensive are the traders. They're, they're going to continue to, just like we saw in the oil markets, they're going to continue to determine prices. I like how you mentioned platform. What in your technology allows it to be anode-free to operate as a platform? You know, this is something that we've worked on for a long time. So you, you may, may or may not be aware that QuantumScape is about 12 years old as a company now. Um, and I've been been with QuantumScape for about 10 years. When we started, we actually didn't have an anode-free approach or, or, or technology. We hadn't sort of made that breakthrough yet. So that's something that came after, after lots of, of work. Um, and so without going into kind of all the chemistry and then the science behind it, we basically found a way to utilize the lithium that's stored within the cathode material when the battery's made. So I don't know if you're aware, but really all uh, lithium ion based batteries, they come with the lithium in the cathode at assembly. And so the way a conventional battery works is that we're basically shuttling lithium ions back and forth from that cathode to the anode during, you know, from charge to discharge. It's kind of like an analogy would be like rolling a ball up a hill um, in the charge case, right, against gravity and then letting it roll back down. A battery is really just doing that, but instead of a ball, we have a lithium ion. And so in QuantumScape's case, what we did was we took the lithium that was stored within the cathode and we allowed it to simply just plate as pure, dense metallic lithium on the anode surface. And we didn't need any material or any structure there to contain that lithium. And that's a huge advantage for us because we don't have to buy the material and we don't have to make the anode. So if you think about like a conventional lithium ion battery factory, you normally have two kind of massive lines to produce each electrode, the cathode and the anode. We got rid of one of those two, 50% of, you know, all that kind of space and equipment that's required. So really, really big breakthrough. Two, two things. Is that allow, is that what's allowing you to in, increase, the, increase the range by removing that? That's right. That's one of the major things. So not only does it cost money and space in your facility to produce that anode, it also takes up room in the battery. So if you just phys physically kind of picture the battery, it's a, it's a number of layers. In our case, it's much more compact because we got rid of you know, that anode structure. And that leads to higher energy density, which leads directly to longer range in the vehicle. And the second part of that is Recycling. Does that make it easier to recycle the battery? I'm going to use, uh, if you're going to open a can of sardines, you just pull it back. Does it make it easier? So we think it will, actually. That's a great question. You know, most of the components within our cathode are pretty similar to what's in a conventional cell. And so we're already working with recyclers to figure out the best ways to extract those materials. But in our case, there's no anode material. Right. So obviously that's just one fewer thing that we have to extract and figure out how to process. So absolutely should make it easier. And then on the other side, so on one side of that, you have recycling. And then on the other side, you have second use where there's been public stories where certain OEMs have taken and put in for, for home backup charging. Will also be an advantage there when it goes into, a, let's say, a second uh, life or use 
Yeah, we think so, you know, and the reason for that in our case is that the cycle life is really good. Uh, so currently, the way we measure cycle life is in terms of full cycles that we can achieve, measuring the retained energy. So if cycle number one, we get X amount of energy, we'll just cycle, you know, one, two, three hundreds of times and measure how much of that initial energy do we get back. Normally for an EV, we think of 80% retained energy as sort of being the end of life. And currently, QuantumScape can do well over 800 cycles to that amount of retained energy. So again, if you think about a 400 mile range car, that's 400 miles for each cycle times 800 cycles is over 300,000 miles of driving. So that's longer than like the typical life of a car. But remember, at that point, we still have 80% of the initial energy, and we can use that for something else. So this, I think, is what you're talking about. This is the opportunity to use it as backup storage or you know, any number of other applications. 80% battery retention, 300,000 miles. Most consumers drive at 30,000 miles, 50,000 miles. So I'm just going to do some rough math. You're over 90%. Of battery, you don't have to recycle. Does that eventually then say go into another vehicle, a, a lower price point vehicle? Since um, you'll have two hundred and fifty, potentially two hundred twenty-five thousand miles of battery before you hit "quote unquote" let's call it the recycling point. That's a great question. You know, I think everything you mentioned is an option. You know, we're we're talking to OEMs about ideas just like that, and and I think we'll see how this plays out over time. Nobody's really talked yet, right, about reusing a battery in a second vehicle. But I think there's a real opportunity to do something like that. The opportunity is it makes EV models more affordable, more approachable because the R&D costs are paid for. It's going to be in a higher end vehicle. You can amortize it. And all suddenly then you have the, the, the mythical sub $30,000 EV. And what you're describing, perhaps you can go to the sub $15,000, $12,000 EV. That's right. That's our target. You know, I think that by eliminating the anode, something that we already talked about, we've got a path to significantly reducing the cost of the EV. I think what you want to be doing when you think about reducing cost of batteries is maximizing the percentage of the battery that is active, that goes towards delivering energy and minimizing everything else, right? Because it's not really helping you. And at, at the essence, that's what QuantumScape is doing by driving the energy density up. We're kind of getting rid of all the peripheral stuff that you don't need. And the anode is one example of that. And I think this is the path to, to decreasing the price of batteries over time. Your batteries are solid state. Is that where you're describing some of these benefits come in? Can you discuss that, please? Yeah, that's right. You know, I think that... Um, so solid state is really an interesting thing, and it's probably worth um, describing a little bit. You know, first of all, I think we're using solid state for a particular reason, which is to enable this anode-free lithium metal anode system. So most of the benefits that I talked about, which is higher energy density leading to better range and faster charge time, actually come about because of this lithium anode approach. But one of the things that we learned in the last 12 years working on this problem, and frankly learning from the industry as a whole, because I think you know the, 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 the world has known that a lithium anode would be better for decades, three or four decades now. What we've learned is that in order to make lithium work, 
you really need a solid state separator. So we're sort of doing it for that really key reason. It turns out that lithium, when you, when you charge the battery and you move those ions from the cathode to the anode, lithium wants to form the, these structures called dendrites. And those dendrites can cause the battery to actually short circuit and fail. And the only way to stop them is with a solid material, a solid electrolyte. And so that was the motivation why QuantumScape got into the solid state battery. It turns out that there are some side benefits though, and it's worth mentioning those. So with a solid state battery, one of the things that you do is remove some of that liquid electrolyte, which can be a fuel. And so you hear about battery fires, you hear about recalls, some of these things can kind of be scary. Part of the reason for those things is because there's this liquid fuel which, which can actually catch fire and burn in conventional batteries. And so if you can remove that fuel, you make them safer. And so QuantumScape has this solid state electrolyte between every electrode within our cell. And it's kind of like a barrier. It's kind of like a, a fire break, if you will. And it's a way to help reduce the chance of these reactions uh, from happening. Comparing and contrasting different industry solid-state drives for computers, they perform much better than your typical ones with disks. Is that an example for a listener who says, okay, I'm trying to put two and two together. I have a solid-state drive in my computer, and this thing performs better than my old Western Digital, my old HP or Compact. Is that a fair analogy of what a solid-state battery is? Yeah, you know, there are some, some key differences between the way um, hard drives, for example, work or semiconductors work and the way batteries work. But I still think it's a pretty good analogy. You know, maybe what makes batteries different is that we're actually doing chemical reactions when we use them. We're literally changing the molecules that are present between charge and discharge. It makes it kind of a complicated system and maybe that's why battery development has sort of been so slow. But at the same time, just like with a semiconductor or just like with a solid state drive, if you can make everything sort of fixed, right, in place, like, like it is in a solid, there's sort of fewer things that can go wrong. And so I, I like the analogy for that reason. We, we do believe we will get better stability with this approach. If you look at, I'm going to use the hard drive example, they had to go through a lot of R&D. They had to overcome a lot of challenges to perfect the SSD. So grandma doesn't lose the photos of her, of her grandkids because the hard drive failed. What challenges has QuantumScape had to overcome as you work to develop these solid state batteries? Oh, fantastic question. And I don't know if we have enough time to uh, list them all. Uh, the, the, the honest truth is that this has been a really hard technical challenge and, and we've been fortunate, I've been fortunate to be a part of it. I think we've got a world-class uh, team of, of chemists and scientists and engineers and we've had to solve kind of one problem after another. You know, to give you one example, um, one of the things, one of the breakthroughs we've had recently is that we figured out how to cycle, how to charge and discharge our battery hundreds of times without any applied pressure. So that's a pretty interesting thing. The way lithium metal batteries have worked in the past is that you've always had to kind of compress them, apply some pressure to the electrodes in order to get everything to sort of, you know, stay in contact. And the QuantumScape engineers figured out how to eliminate the need for that pressure entirely. So we recently released some results of 800 cycles of charging and discharging our battery in just ambient pressure. So the cell's just kind of sitting there on the shelf. And that's great because it means you could put that into a battery pack 
and not have kind of a complicated you know system to hold it all together. So we think it's going to be a big breakthrough for for implementation in actual vehicles. That is a big breakthrough. It's amazing what engineers can develop when they have the the techniques and the skill sets. It's not just the QuantumScape engineers in house. Your engineers are actively collaborating with VW, where you have a collaboration partnership. What does QuantumScape learn from that partnership? Because I look at this from the outside. VW knows how to manufacture incredible cars at high quality and high scale. So you said it really well. I think this is one of those really effective synergies to use, you know, that sort of cliched word. If you think about it here, we've got a bunch of really bright uh, Silicon Valley engineers kind of making science breakthroughs. And that brings one really important thing to the table. But Volkswagen is one of the world's largest automakers. Not just that, they're one of the world's largest manufacturing companies of any kind. They employ over 600,000 people. And so they're really good at taking one thing and figuring out how to make, you know, not just thousands, but millions or billions of that thing. And so that's a really, really good partnership. Uh, We meet with Volkswagen literally every week, sort of sharing ideas and talking about how are we going to, you know, not just do this thing one time that QuantumScape knows how to do, but do it millions of times. And so I think it's a, it's a really neat partnership for that reason. It's really neat. VW has a new CEO coming in, Oliver Blum, who was before the CEO of Porsche. Very nice gentleman on a personal level. I got I got to ask, and you don't have to answer, but I got to ask, when are we going to get an all-electric 911 running a QuantumScape battery? <laughs> Oh, you're not the only one who's interested in that question. I, I wish I could tell you more, but unfortunately, I, I can't. I'll, I'll keep my uh, ears tuned to the news and my eyes tuned to the Financial Times because at some point, you know, hopefully something good happens. It would be a pretty cool vehicle, wouldn't it? I think it'll be, it would be fantastic. We, we talked about VW being able to assist with scaling. They understand that. They understand how to run large, complex factories. In the future, will VW assist QuantumScape in producing the high-quality solid-state batteries at scale? You know, one of the things that we've announced publicly is that we do have a 50-50 joint venture with Volkswagen. And the purpose of that joint venture is to establish the first factory to produce these solid-state batteries, uh, obviously for use within uh, Volkswagen vehicles. So we absolutely do uh, anticipate we'll get their help. Now, that being said, I don't think we plan to stop there. We plan to build even bigger factories and and get them shipped to other customers around the world. But we certainly hope to uh, plan to work with Volkswagen closely to to get to that stage. Has either QuantumScape or VW made any public statements around certain VW vehicles will be shipped with a QuantumScape battery in them? No, I don't think so. Um, At this stage, there haven't been any public announcements about which vehicle that I'm aware of. That's fair. So you have VW, which is a public partnership, and then you have other um, large OEMs and suppliers that you're working with. So you're, you're building this, I'll call it an, an ecosystem of electrification, an ecosystem of range, an ecosystem of it just works, because you mentioned the charging we talked about earlier. What is the overall commercialization strategy as QuantumScape gets to ready to take that next leap in the company's history? You know, I think we've been working with Volkswagen for a long time, and they're a great partner. And I mentioned the joint venture that we have to, to maybe make the first solid state batteries that go into EVs. Uh, but the reality is, like I said, we don't want to stop there. 
At this point, we actually have, I think, six agreements with other um, OEMs right now. So, you know, that, that represents a pretty good sort of diverse cross-section, frankly, from, you know, performance and luxury to, you know, volume brands from pure play EV to more traditional automakers. So we're trying to make sure that we're working with more than one company. And ultimately, the goal here is to get these batteries in as many vehicles as, as we possibly can. You have six, six OEM partners. Is the goal then eventually just become, on the commercialization side, just become a supplier of really high-quality battery to your current OEM partners and future OEM partners? Yeah, so that's the basic thinking. That's right. You know, I think since the beginning, as long as I've been at QuantumScape, our, our desire has been to be a cell manufacturer. So that's sort of the default plan. The reality is there are other business models that could work. And I think we'll obviously entertain, you know, licensing models or something different as we go forward. But certainly being a cell maker is our main ambition. That might be your main ambition, but I'm going to go in the way back machine here and let our audience know you've been in this industry for a long time. You saw solid state batteries before others did. You got your PhD in physical chemistry from UC Berkeley with a focus on polymer electric materials for solid state batteries. What did you see then that the market is only beginning to see now? <laughs> oh, that's a great uh, question. You know, it's funny. I like to think that I saw it playing out this way from the beginning and I appreciate you suggesting that maybe that was true. Of course, the reality is that that's, that's not exactly what happened. You know, I, I saw this as an interesting problem. I think I got in the field uh, maybe around the time that, that Tesla was working on their Roadster. I think it was a little bit before it was released. Um, and it was, a, it was a cool problem. You know, obviously I knew that if we could electrify vehicles, it could, you know, I could make a big difference if I was, was part of that. But I didn't foresee the sort of just the, the rate that this transformation has started to take place just in the last couple of years. So I consider myself really fortunate to be a part of it. You're fortunate, but I, it was an interesting problem. Okay, that's one thing. But you went and got a PhD from Berkeley. It's a lot more than an interesting problem for you to solve. What did you see? Did you just say, okay, I'm making a career out of this? <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, I think the PhD probably came first. I, I studied chemistry as an undergraduate and, you know, thought it was, was cool. And I did well enough at it that the PhD was, was an option for me. And Berkeley was a great place to do it. Berkeley has a long storied history in, in chemistry. I think they have more uh, Nobel laureates in chemistry than any other school in the world. So I was, I was drawn to that. Um, and then once I got there, obviously I had to answer the question, what am I going to do? And this seemed like the, <laughs> the best option at the time. Is it during your, your time as an undergrad where the interest in solid state batteries really first began or was it we have had some guests that have said it was a science fiction book when I was a kid where did that first start for you you know I'm not sure I was aware solid state batteries were a thing when I was an undergrad if I was honest I think that came a little bit later I was just kind of drawn to the the mystery you know around how how chemistry you know chemicals interact to form new materials I thought it was kind of neat and and that's how I got into it and it was a you know, the path that I ultimately took was not one that I necessarily pictured uh, from day one, but it, it just kept evolving and I kept following sort of the interesting paths and, and here I am. 
while it's neat, it's clearly well documented in, in every major news outlet around the world that it is the future. And while it is the future, in your opinion, how is this industry going to evolve around solid state batteries? Oh, sure. You know, that's that's a great question. And obviously, that's something we think about a lot. Look, step change technologies don't come around all that often, especially in, in the battery industry. You know, the, the lead acid battery, I think, was invented in the 19th century. And I still have one in my EV. You know, not just the gas powered car, but the starter battery in most EVs is still a lead acid battery. So change doesn't come that fast. We had the nickel metal hydride battery, which was a, was a nice breakthrough. Lithium ion battery in the early 90s, more than 30 years ago now, was another big breakthrough. You know, I think that solid state lithium metal is next and, and we're on the precipice now. And I think it's going to be something that, you know, we're talking about for a long time. It sounds like we're talking about for a long time. And my first job ever, I worked in a, in a camera store and we sold high-end professional cameras and we sold high-end professional recording equipment to um, for film. And I never, we had our first Canon camcorders and then a nickel cad battery. And they were the rave and they're flying out the doors. And then Canon came out with, I'm going to date myself, the Canon XL1 that NASA took up into the space station to film it. And that was on a lithium ion battery. And I remember all these customers come, oh, wow, this is lithium ion. This is the future. This is going to allow you to record for long periods of time. And there was always those breakthroughs in battery technology in the camcorder. So I can't wait to see you know, now on the automotive side how we have the breakthrough on solid state and how that continues to evolve as the chemistries get better, the technology gets more advanced. And do we get to a certain point when solid state batteries become the de facto standard for EVs around the world? I absolutely think so. You know, it's maybe harder to predict, you know, when they take over, let's say, but I do think it's coming. You know, I think if QuantumScape is successful, if we can reduce or eliminate the compromise that has to be made right now between more energy or faster charge times, if we can do both of those at the same time, simultaneously delivering long life, better safety and lower cost, everybody's going to choose this approach. So I absolutely think that that's what's coming. It's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And I thank you so much for coming on today because you shed all this incredible light on the positive impacts of solid state batteries and what you're developing. I love the fact that it's going to be a quick charge time. You're going to get longer range. And well, as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them today? Yeah, you know, what I would say is just stay tuned. Um, it's a really exciting time to be following uh, transportation, to be following the EV industry. I think we're just at the beginning. And I think the, the products that we see that hopefully we get to drive are going to keep getting better with each generation. So, you know, stay with us and, and, and please follow what QuantumScape is doing because we think we've got some, some big things on the way. We like big things on the way. We like how technology continues to evolve and change. And thank you for pointing out with the, the different battery technologies because today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today, and the future is QuantumScape. Will, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thank you so much. It's been great to be here. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week as we speak with Dr. Brian Holt, CTO at Parkopedia. He'll share how the company is creating high-definition indoor parking maps aiming to resolve EV driver pain points. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. 
The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.